the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio, where we share thoughts with leading-edge experts to uncover expansive and evolutionary truths to support the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring the trauma trap. One critical element in the evolutionary process is the ability to remain in the present moment. Evolution is dependent upon movement, and only in the present are the expansive frequencies available to facilitate change. Fear and anxiety keep us locked in the frequency of conf- configuration and therefore reality of the past. In effect, this freezes us in time and all progression stops. What's the anatomy of the trauma trap? Is there any antidote to fear and anxiety? How can we heal the trauma of the trap, trauma, the dramas and traumas of the trauma trap at this time? Our guest this hour has some interesting viewpoints on fear and anxiety and how to overcome them. Corin Zepko is the author of From Anxiety to Love. Licensed counselor and keynote speaker, she's helped thousands of individuals through her one-on-one counseling, weekly meditation classes for corporations, and the largest viral conference, ACIM, in the world, through the organization Miracle Share International, which she co-founded. Her website, fromanxietytolove.com. Corin, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. What? Why did you first come interested in anxiety? Well, I had no choice <laughs> because I was pretty much born on the anxious side. Anxiety has been something that I have struggled with for majority of my life. Uh, my first psychiatric diagnosis came at the age of two, about mm-hmm. one and a half, two years old. And from there, although I sort of grew out of the separation anxiety disorder, it morphed into phobias. And in college, I developed panic disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. So my interest in healing it came because I was suffering from it. I was just overwhelmed constantly by debilitating worries and fears. So it was, it's really become my life mission now to help other people find their way out because I was able to for myself. Mm. Would you mind, so we're all on the same page, exactly what is anxiety? Anxiety is a fear-based problem. Anxiety is an extreme amount of fear. So if you think of a continuum from, let's say, zero to 10, zero being you're completely calm and peaceful, like rock-solid, unshakable peace which I don't know how many of us have, you know, on a moment to moment basis. 
And then up high on the end of the other spectrum, the other side, at the 10 side, we can think about these as being like the diagnosable debilitating anxiety disorders, like I mentioned already, panic disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, those types of things. And I believe that we all struggle with some form of anxiety to some degree. It might be low on the continuum, for instance, if it's like a one that's just the everyday fears and anxieties that we have just dealing with life on a daily basis, just turning on the news and hearing about what is happening currently in our world. So anxiety is an extreme amount of fear and it has a physiological response in our body. So our bodies respond to anxiety with a increased amount of um, our heart beats fast. We might get sweaty. We might get shaky. We might notice our thoughts racing. So it has a very um, real experience in our bodies in addition to just being thoughts of worry. Mm. What, what causes anxiety? Well, this is an interesting question because my perspective is a little bit different. You know, psychologists, therapists would say that anxiety is in response to something imagined, you know, something that hasn't happened yet. It's something that we're anticipating in the future. I believe that the cause of anxiety is a spiritual problem. It's because we're disconnected from who we truly are, which is love and which is unity and and oneness. And I very much believe that that's the, the root cause of anxiety. And as we work to heal that, we start to experience the truth of who we are, which is this love, this capital L love, the love of the universe, the love that connects us all. Well, it would seem that the love that connects us all is larger than we are. So what causes the disconnect in the first place? Well, that's a great question. You know, the disconnect in the first place, again, now I can get very metaphysical (laughs) here. The disconnect in the first place, you could say on one level, When babies are born, we are born trusting and we are born in that love and that wonder. And as we grow, we learn from our culture, from perhaps family, we learn division, we learn biases, we learn, you know, judgment, we learn all those types of things. Now, that I very much relate to. The the metaphysical place that I can go to is that from this perspective, I have a very unique perspective that I talk about in my book, From Anxiety to Love, which is based on a spiritual pathway of A Course in Miracles, which is a self-study spiritual text that teaches us how to release fear and to return to the love that we are. And from I, that... It, if it's okay, I'd like to go back just a little bit. You were talking sure. about how how when we're born that we come in pure love and we're all um, like the original design. But what about there's a lot of evidence that the trauma of the mother during pregnancy, uh, the adrenaline and everything goes across the blood the barrier, the placental wall, and gets into the the child. So the child is possibly suffering from anxiety before birth. Uh, have you looked into that? I haven't explored that much myself, but that you could think about that as a form of separation anxiety. You know, there is that that child comfortable and safe at home in the womb, and then suddenly that trauma of birth, that is an experience. That's perhaps the first experience that we all have of anxiety and separation. 
Yeah, birth, birth, birth can't be fun. I don't remember mine. How about you? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. But I'm sure yeah. it's not fun. <laughs> what What professional training do you have um, in this regard? Well, I, because of my own experience with anxiety, I went on to get two graduate degrees in counseling, so a master's degree and an EDS degree, and then I went on from there to get my counseling license and also my coaching certification as well. So it very much shaped my career. It's amazing how our, our life experiences do that, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's the relationship between fear and anxiety? Fear and anxiety, the relationship, I, my perspective is that they are two of the same. They're two different words to describe the same thing. My perspective is that there is either love or there is fear. And within fear, we could say there is anxiety, there is judgment, there is, you know, hatred, all those types of experiences. This, this all falls in the fear category. But as I referenced earlier, from a, a therapeutic perspective, we tend to see fear in response, being in response to something real in our lives and anxiety as being in response to something anticipated or imagined. But I take that fear or love standpoint myself. So if fear, if you're looking at fear and anxiety, it almost sounds like a triggered response. Like maybe there's been a prior trauma that you're expecting to reoccur. Um, there could be, or it, so, so anxiety can definitely come from some type of trauma that we've had or again, you know, if anxiety, mental health issues run in our family, we can already be primed to just be very hyper vigilant and hyper aware and hyper attuned to fear. So I don't believe that you have to have had a trauma to experience anxiety. You know, I've, um, in, in, in interviewing people, we've, I've been running across people that say there's a lot of evidence that, that the uh, anxiety and the trauma is actually passed down genetically as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that they're, what you're talking about? Yes, absolutely. There are, um, you know, I have family members who struggle with anxiety. Um, I, I do very much think that it can be something that we can we can pass through our genetics. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? it so is. we have just a little bit of time left in this segment. Um, are there people suffering from anxiety, but they aren't really aware of it, do you think? I do, because I've seen folks who would say, oh, I'm not anxious, and yet they sit there and they can't stop shaking their foot, or it's really hard for them to sit still. That, to me, is is actually this, this sort of anxious energy, this busyness that we are compelled to engage in, but that person might not have the awareness, actually, that it's, it's anxiety-driven. So I do think that we can have this in some form and not really be aware of it until we start to heighten our awareness to, to realize that maybe, in fact, it is anxiety. Have you also seen anxiety expressing as uh, kind of a lockdown, like a lack of movement? I've experienced that myself. So there were times when I was so overwhelmed with anxiety that I was just paralyzed on the couch. So yes, it can definitely have that paralysis type of effect when we are just completely overwhelmed by it. Wow. Wow. Well, this is a very interesting topic because it sounds like it in our upgrade society, it plagues everyone, but it is time for a short pause. Corin and I will be back after this commercial break. You're listening to Mission Evolution Radio, coming to you on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like exxon sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Wilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Corin Zupko. Her website, from anxietytolove.com. Corin, we were talking about how anxiety can actually be passed down genetically and shows up in family lines. Is there a way to get beyond that? Yes. I do believe so. And it's been my experience in my own healing to have sort of broken that pattern for myself because I very much believe that as we can identify and embody the capital L love, the divine love that, you know, exists within each one of us, anxiety can't exist in that awareness. So I like to think about 
an onion and how an onion has many, many layers and we can peel back those layers. And I like to think about fears and anxieties as being like those layers at the center of this proverbial onion is actually love. So fear hides that love within us. So as we can get better and better at peeling back these layers of fear, we can restore our awareness of the love that's within us. And in that, anxiety cannot exist. So how do we do that? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> so this is the process that I talk about in, in my book. And as I have mentioned already, I really, I, I take a very spiritual approach to helping heal anxiety because it was what worked for me. I went through personally and professionally all of these standard types of treatment and they were helpful to a point for sure. But for folks like me who have anxiety, that's very existential. Why are we here? You know, what are we doing here? Um, I needed a spiritual remedy. So the way that we start to peel back those layers of fear is number one, we start to get really honest that they're there. So it's radical honesty is such a strength and it's not an easy thing to do because it's much easier to turn away from or deny certain states of mind or certain thoughts that we might have. But having an attitude of honesty of like, okay, you know, I, I am not feeling well right now, or I am really caught in anxiety right now. Honesty is step number one always in being willing to be radically honest with what it is that we're experiencing right now. Why do, you, why do you think that we um, are in denial of our anxiety? And is that denial expressed by, you know, like adrenaline junkies going out and creating a reason to be anxious? Right. Yeah. It's funny. You know, some people do seek out the anxious states that we don't like <laughs> as anxiety suffers. Some people actually do, you know, want that. So that's something to keep in mind. But we, we deny the anxiety or our unpleasant states because they hurt. They, we don't want to feel them. This is in our nature as human beings is to turn away from what's unpleasant, to try to just avoid it and to seek only the pleasant. And that's a problem because life comes with up and downs. So if we're constantly only wanting the up and we're denying the down, you know, the stuff that doesn't feel good and we're not allowing ourselves to feel it, it doesn't go away. It just sort of builds. And I actually had a client once say that if you sweep something under the rug, it just stays there for you to trip on. And I thought there was such wisdom in that statement because denying things doesn't actually mean that they're going to go away. It just means we're not dealing with them and they can build. So I think that's why we deny because it hurts and we don't want to feel it. But yet feeling it, the only I think it was Robert Frost that said the only way out is through. Um, feeling it is how we heal it by, by feeling our feelings and acknowledging them and getting honest about them. So you, by denying it, what you resist persists and you're pushing it down so far, are you running risk of emotional death practically? Well, maybe not emotional, you know, maybe not complete emotional death, but from a mindfulness based perspective. So mindfulness is another tool that's been very helpful to me in my healing journey. And if you think about a wave in nature, like an ocean wave or just a, a sine wave, you know, that, that there's the crest of the wave and then the trough. If you're not allowing yourself to feel the downside, if you're saying up, oh, you know, nope, I don't want to feel those anxious feelings or those sad feelings, 
what happens in nature if you sort of flatten, you know, the bottom part of a wave, if you don't let it go to its depth, you're flattening out the top too. Yeah, exactly. You're flatlining yeah, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there is then that, that reduced ability to feel and appreciate those happy emotions when we're not allowing ourselves to feel the tough ones. So maybe it's not an emotional deadening completely, but it's definitely an emotional flattening out if we're not allowing ourselves to feel our full range of human emotions. So that would explain why uh, people suffering from PTSD tend to move out of their heart, out of their emotions. Because it's so painful, right? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, the trauma, PTSD, like the triggers and the flashbacks and everything, everything that comes with that is so incredibly painful. So of course, the natural instinct, and we all need to not feel guilty about this, the natural instinct is to not want to feel it. And yet one of the big treatments for PTSD is some kind of exposure therapy where we're gradually exposing ourselves to the things that scare us and freak us out to learn that in fact, we can actually still be okay. Even if we are, you know, in a situation where there's some type of, you know, trigger happening. Okay. So step number one is brutal honesty. What's yes. Step number two. Step number two is to find your willingness. So I, I actually usually give three steps with willingness being the first step, but I'm going to re reorder this today since we started with honesty, which is so important. Our next step is willingness. So willingness is the precursor for change. If you think about it, any change that you want in your life is, it, 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 it has to, the first thing that comes before the change is the desire to change, the willingness to change, wanting to change. So we need to find our willingness to change. We need to find our willingness to see our anxiety differently. We need to find our willingness to see whatever it is that we're struggling with differently because the way that we're seeing it, we often get stuck in our perceptions. We get stuck in our ways of seeing things, which keeps us locked, which keeps us immobilized. So we need that, that opening, a new perception. It's like, have you ever seen those drawings where there's two ways to look at a drawing. Either it's, there's one <laughs> yeah. of, it's either an old woman or a young woman, depending on how you're looking at it. Right. We, there's always a different way to see things. It's, it's called reframing. So we really want to first find our willingness to see differently. Now, now I've got a question on this one. Sure, sure. Um, and, and I'm with you on that. But it would appear our entire society is anxiety driven. How can we as individuals reframe that in the face of the common denominator reality? So how can we reframe the fact that we are anxiety-driven as a culture? No. Um, if you're in a culture that has a belief system that's based, I mean, everything's operating on anxiety. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to be stepping out of it or trying to, to uh, have a willingness to move beyond it. But how can we do that when everything around us is, is based on that? Because the power to choose is our own. We can choose to listen to those cultural messages, or we can say, no, I'm going to do something differently. This is how cultures change. We change individually first. We have to each make that, you know, that choice for ourselves. This is why the mindfulness movement is becoming so popular in the United States, because many of us are seeing that our go, go, go drive to do and constantly be busy is not working. <laughs> it's not working for us. It's creating problems. It's creating health concerns. And so mindfulness, these practices of pausing and getting into the moment 
are just exploding with research and excitement because we are seeing that we we have this power and only we can make this choice. There's nothing in our culture that's going to say, hey, slow down. We have to make that choice. And then culturally, eventually, you know, there's a there's a larger shift there when enough people decide that we we want this to be to be different. So it we have that back choice. To- takes it back takes it back to honesty then doesn't it you have to honestly look at what's going on absolutely absolutely yeah. yes definitely yeah yeah there are some studies indicating that when a society has experienced trauma and is passed down genetically uh, how again do we get through that it's not even our own experience how can we choose beyond something that's not even our own well that's where we do have to find where we have power where we have choice and where we where we we can't do anything about our parents or our ancestors or our, you know, you know, we, we can't change what has happened already, but we have a choice in this moment to make a powerful decision for ourselves. So this is where we have to choose to recognize, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe I need help. Maybe I need to get linked up with a counselor, or maybe I need to take my lunch break every day or take my vacation time. I need to slow down. This is where we need to individually empower ourselves to make this choice for ourselves. Because again, like I said already, nothing else is going to do it for us. Seems like a lot of guilt can be around that too. Does guilt stop us from taking the right choices for ourselves? You know, everybody else is working hard. Maybe I should be. Absolutely. Or yeah, or I'm being that belief that I'm being selfish if I'm, you know, taking my lunch break or if I'm taking a mental health day or a vacation day. So yes, guilt is a big block to taking action for self-care. But this is where, again, honesty comes in. We have to recognize, hey, I'm feeling guilty. And you know what? I'm still, I'm worth it. We have to decide that we are worthy of all of these, you know, positive steps that we can take for ourselves and choose to not buy into the guilt, choose to not feed that guilt because it'll be there if we if we want to listen to it and provide it, you know, power, we can, but this is again where our choice comes in to say, "Hey, yep, I'm noticing that. I'm noticing the guilt and and I'm going to go for it anyway." <laughs> it's time for another short pause. Corin and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xedbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. 
the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State certified occupational school training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org. We're bringing the latest tools and transformation to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and with us this hour is Corin Zupko, her website from anxietytolove.com. Corin, we were talking about choice, and it seems like that's an awfully important part of getting out of this trauma trap. Choice is we have to, again, make that decision for ourselves that we are worth it. We are worthy of healing and that we're actually not helpless. We always have the power to choose. So you say your sense of self is not who you are. Let's go into that a little bit. Yes. So I, this again is where a spiritual approach has been so helpful for me because when we are stuck in our small identity. And what I mean by that is that you can almost think of us having two selves. We have our small self, which is my self-concept of Corinne, um, my belief that I am separate from everyone and separate from love. 
But I like to think about how we all share a capital S self. We all share a true self. That's where our unity comes in. That's where we are all connected. And so the more we can step into this capital S self, again, this is where I believe anxiety falls away because that's been my experience. And this is where we can begin to see our our oneness, our, our, the way that we are joined instead of, you know, how we are separate. So I like to think about how I'm not actually this small self. I'm, I'm part of this true self, this capital S self that unites us all. Would you mind going in that a little, like how does uh, recognizing our unity combat anxiety? So we have a belief in our minds that we are separate. I mean, look around, it seems like we're these separate bodies walking around and that we're all different and, you know, separate from one another. I, based on what I write about in my book and this spiritual practice that I do with A Course in Miracles, the, the capital S self is, um, something that really, that we have this opportunity to, um, to wake up to. So can you, would you reframe your question for me? Would you, you, would you please ask your question again? Because I really, I had a thought come to mind and it, it flitted away and I really want to go back to it. Okay. The, the question was how can be recognizing, uh, where we're all one, the unity combat anxiety. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. How can that combat anxiety? So this, again, it's a more spiritual answer because I say in my book trailer and in my book that anxiety falls away when we recognize our true self. Now, this true self, this oneness is an eternal love. It is a universal divine love. So I I am talking now again, more spiritual and in the awareness of that oneness, you know, when we feel that connection to something greater than ourselves, which we've all felt, whether it's been just your intuition or whether it's been just that feeling of being on the beach and feeling that sort of expansive feeling that there's something more happening than just what we're aware of. It's like your awareness expands and you embody, you feel that joy in your heart. You might get it when you're gardening or when you're with your children or you know when you're doing something that you love, when you're doing artwork and in that flow. Think about those times when you're really in that moment, there's not anxiety. There, it just, it, it's not there. There can't be anxiety in perfect love. There can't be fear in perfect love. So as we step into that awareness of oneness, that's where I feel like the anxiety falls away because it has to, it can't exist when we are in that space of love. So I hope that answers the question. (laughs) That, that being the case, um, it's, you know, you mentioned it's a spiritual approach several times. Um, do you have to be, uh, believe in spiritual things? Do you have to believe in oneness? Um, is, is this belief based? I think you have to believe in love. It doesn't mean you have to believe, I think you can believe in a higher power that works for you, you know, in whatever way you understand it. Even if you don't believe in a higher power, I've had some really beautiful conversations with atheists where it seems like we have more in common than not because we have a shared belief that love is worth cultivating. So I think that's the bottom line is that we have to believe. And again, I'm talking beyond romantic love, but compassion 
kindness. We have to believe that these things are worth cultivating in ourselves and in our world. Which leaves the question begging to be asked, what is love? Oh, that's a big question. Um, What is love? You know, love is a feeling of connection and, and joy and peace. And again, it's, it's transcendent. It goes just beyond your own heart to where you feel connected to something greater than yourself. And that greater than yourself, again, I'm not talking like a, like, it doesn't have to be a spiritual belief in something, um, like, like God or something like that, but something greater than yourself. What I mean by that is a connection to every living thing to, again, believing that, that, um, there's an importance there that is worth cultivating. So how do we continue? One of the great ways to connect is through getting quiet is through meditation. We are so busy and so geared to be on the go. You know, we have these smartphones, these devices now that we can be plugged in, checking our email, responding to texts, even when we're on a beach, even when we're in the middle of the woods. And that draws us out of our present experience. It draws us away from the now. And the now, I believe, is where love is. We find that love within. That love does not come from, you know, a thing or from a job or from a certain relationship. That love that we are seeking is found within ourselves. So through the practice of meditation, of getting quiet, of pausing and being in the present, that's that's key. That is a very, very key practice for, for cultivating this. So is the only place that you can connect to this love um, in the moment? I believe, yes, that it's in the here and now. And so the more we can gear, get ourselves into the present, the more we're going to be happy, the more we're going to feel grounded, the more we're going to feel again like ourselves versus when we don't feel ourselves because we're so pulled, you know, away and into the, the, the game of busyness. So, yes. So what's the next step? So we've, so far we've had to be brutally honest Uh and we've had to make a choice. Yep. And be willing and be willing willing. differently. Mm -hmm. So the next step I would say is to, now this is another, uh, concept in my book that after we find our willingness, we can give our willingness over to, I call it your inner therapist. You can call it your inner guidance system, your higher mind, spirit, whatever word you're comfortable with. Use a word that works for you. But what you can say is, inner guidance system, here's my willingness to see my anxiety differently or to see my past differently or my trauma differently or whatever my problem is. Here's my willingness to see it differently. I'm giving my willingness to you and I want a miracle instead. What I mean by a miracle is a shift in perception. It's a new way of looking at things from a fearful way of seeing it to a loving way of seeing it. And we can give it over and ask for that miracle instead. So it's like we're exchanging our our darkness for the light. We're exchanging our, our problem for peace, for an answer. So that's the next step is to give it over and ask for the miracle. So you're talking about reframing here. And I have experienced how, you know, I can look at something from one, from one angle. Um, say I'm coming from, a, oh, this is going to go really wrong. Okay. And it's a totally different experience than if I look at it. But this is interesting. I wonder what's going to develop here. Is this what you're talking about? It is like a reframe. And 
we, you know, in cognitive behavioral therapy, the whole, that's all about seeing things differently and reframing and challenging our thoughts to see our thoughts in a new way or come up with a different thought in this process that I'm talking about. And that, that works. And if that resonates, use that. I like to think about that. There's something in me. There's a loving voice in my mind. There's a loving thought system in my mind that is wise. It's that wise mind that we all have and we can call upon it to give us that shift, to give us that reframe. So we're starting to rely on trusting ourself, our higher mind, our capital S self, as we ask for these reframes, as we ask for these shifts from fear to love. So yes, reframe is a great way of putting it. So let's talk about the voices in your head. Uh, you, sp- <laughs> you speak of the voice of fear versus the voice of love. Um, being predominantly kinesthetic, I personally don't hear voices. How can someone like me start to recognize our internal messaging if it doesn't come in the form of a voice? I'm so glad you said that because, you know, my fear voice, quote unquote, I do experience that as thoughts, but it might be a feeling. You just might get that tight feeling in your chest, that constriction, that drop in your stomach where it feels kind of like dread. That's, that's that feeling or that voice of fear experienced kinesthetically. That quote unquote voice of love, which is, I don't actually even experience that as a voice either. That's more of a feeling. That's that internal, like that internal ping of like, yes, this is right. That intuition, that gut instinct that we all have had experiences of, that guide us that are there to, you know, to lead us. And so this, this voice of love is really an experience of love in your body. So I like to instruct folks to turn their attention to their bodies and connect with that, that experience of love within. We're going to have to take another quick break. Corin and I will be back shortly. So don't you dare go away. You're listening to Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xedbn.net. We'll see you soon. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. 
Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings, slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org. We're bringing the latest developments in an, to an evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or guess that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy hearing from them. Our guest this hour is Corin Zupko. Her website, from anxietytolove.com. So we were going through the steps on how to get out of this uh, tangled weave that we have with anxiety, and we've already ascertained (laughs) that um, most people suffer from it. So now we've got the reframing in. What do we do next? So we've got our reframing in. The next step and the final step, I I explain this step as trusting that – that reframe will be received the moment we're ready to receive it. We might not be ready to receive it right away because maybe we're still caught up in one of those layers of the onion, you know, we're, we're kind of stuck or, or it feels sticky. But I like to say that the reframe is there waiting for you the moment you're ready to receive it. We can now trust by pausing, by coming into the moment. And this is where I referenced meditation before. This is where we can sit and formally, if you feel moved to formally practice meditation, this might mean sitting and and experiencing your breath, you know, feeling the movement in your breath from your torso. And every time your mind wanders without judgment, just bringing your attention back to your breath. Or this step of trusting might mean if you feel like you can't sit and meditate, that's okay. Go, Go about your day, but practice doing what you're doing while you're doing it, be aware of what you're doing while you're doing it. So what I mean by that is that oftentimes we'll multitask. We might be brushing our teeth while we're walking around our house, straightening things up. Instead, the practice of informal meditation means 
that you stand and brush your teeth and you actually taste the toothpaste and you feel the bubbles and you feel the bristles of the toothbrush. You experience the sensation of what you're doing in that moment rather than multitask. So this is where the practice of meditation and getting quiet comes in. It might mean we sit and get quiet, or if we don't feel like we can do that just yet, we can be doing what we're doing, but paying attention to it. So, you know, we've spent a whole life, say, for instance, <laughs> um, being triggered into anxiety. And sometimes our anxiety triggers our anxiety, right? It's mm -hmm. like we're so anxious about being anxious after a while. Well, this burns neurological pathways in the brain. How is what you're suggesting going to correct those uh, ruts, if you will? Well, everything, you know, every time we make a choice to bring our wandering attention back to this moment, it's scientifically shown, I mean, mindfulness research, meditation research is not considered alternative anymore. It's mainstream. There's well over thousands of peer-reviewed journal articles to show that bringing our wandering attention back to this moment, to doing these in-the-moment practices, changes our brain, rewires our brain, and, and literally creates new neural circuits and gets those neural circuits stronger. So this... I, I believe everything that I've shared with, you know, getting honest, increasing our awareness, our willingness, handing it over, and particularly, you know, science would back this final step the most because it's been explored the most of, of trusting and meditating. This It's been shown to rewire the brain, and there are some phenomenal studies that are just so interesting to see not just how it changes the brain, but how it, en it enhances our immune system as well. It's amazing what, what being in the moment does, but it's a constant course correct, isn't it, for a while? It is a moment-to-moment -moment practice, and that's where the practice of non-judgment is so key because we will slip. It's guaranteed. We will, we will slip back into fear and have you know challenges come up again and triggers and hooks, and it's so important that we reframe those as opportunities to practice what we're learning and not as setbacks because that fear voice in the mind will say, oh, you've, you know, taken step backward, a step backward. You're not doing as well. You're not progressing. And we need to notice that and say, no, thank you. I'm not listening to that thought. I'm going to instead see this challenge that's arising again as an opportunity to grow. So that's not the song I want to sing. Thank you very little, but no. <laughs> you, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, an interesting thing that goes on is that we have a thought, the thought triggers the fear, the fear triggers the adrenal, adrenaline to, to kick out, the adrenals to kick out adrenaline, and then the body is in a fear response. Mm -hmm. How do you walk the bat, and it, it moves slower than shifting a thought. How mm -hmm. do you walk the bat body out of that? So there's a book title that is Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And zebras don't get ulcers because they don't sit around worrying when that lion is going to come back after it chased them, you know, last time. They actually shake off their fight or flight response after they're activated, after that lion has gone away, they shake it off and then they return back to baseline. One of the best things I think we can do for our bodies is to recognize when we're in that state of fight or flight and to shake it off, to do something, to go for a walk or turn on some music and just start dancing. Just do something to feel like you're shaking it off to help bring your body back into a state of calm. Because when we are constantly in that high arousal, 
that can eventually start, you know, kind of wearing down our immune system. We want to get those, those hormones flushed through, moving out, drink some water, do some movement to help yourself come back down to baseline. So you don't necessarily suggest sitting down and trying to go into meditation when you're in a, in a fight or flight response, but rather shaking it off first? It might be helpful, yes. Just like yoga is is there to stretch, to move the body in preparation for meditation, it can actually be helpful to do some movement first and then sit. So people can experiment with what works for you. Maybe there are people that can just sit into a meditation right away. But you know, another way of leading into that sitting period might be to do some walking meditation. So it might be, and I, I, it's not pacing, but one thing that I used to do, and I'll still do it from time to time, if I'm feeling that heightened state of arousal, I'll start walking back and forth rather quickly, but then I'll slow my pace down. And just like in therapy, if we have a client who's really, you know, like anxious and talking really fast, we might match their voice at first and talk fast, but we start to slow our voice down. So they start to come down. We can take that approach with our own body. So we start walking fast, but then we slowly begin to slow down our pace and our arousal level comes down. And that walking practice can be our meditation, but we might also find that we want to go sit after that as well. Beautiful tools, beautiful tools, because we can literally get the trauma stuck in our body, no matter what we're doing with our mind. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that movement I think is important. Yeah, usually. You know, it sounds like at the end of the day here, <laughs> or at the end of the hour, um, we're talking about spiritual awakening of sorts. Is, But you don't necessarily need to follow a belief system to get there? I think it's helpful to find something that works for you. For me, it happened to be A Course in Miracles. For the next person, it might be something totally different. But find something that works for you and stick to it. I found that when I study too many things at once, I'd get confused. When I dedicated myself to just one pathway, and even just try this for six months or a year, just dedicate yourself wholly to whatever pathway it is that works for you. Even if it's if you're not finding something, try, you know, journaling. Be dedicated to journaling every day. Dedicated to meditating every day. Find something and dedicate yourself, and see what the results are. And if it's working for you, beautiful. You found something. Keep it going. If it doesn't work, then try something else. So so yes, I believe that it is about spiritual awakening and that, that we can all find a path that works for us. It, it, it's, it would appear that in our society, we just dabble and don't really in, immerse ourselves in any of the practices. That's, again, that multitasking kind of thing. I, I love the point you made about sink into whatever you choose to make sure you're working it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That working it is so important because you're right. We tend to dabble. <laughs> yeah. Can evolving from anxiety to love as individuals affect society at large? I believe so. I believe that each moment we choose to work on ourselves we then show up differently in our relationships. We show up differently at work. We show up differently in the world. And that then has a ripple effect. You know, we're kind, we happen to be kind to somebody that maybe we would have been so lost in our heads. We wouldn't have taken that opportunity to be kind. That person feels that, that touches them. So there's that ripple effect that when we heal ourselves, I do believe that we're working on healing the larger world. And that doesn't mean we don't take action in other areas where we feel called to, but I do believe that this, this self journey that we go within the self healing does improve our world. 
So how can what you offer aid in our evolution as individuals and as a whole? What I offer, again, is a direct pathway that has worked for me wholeheartedly to release anxiety and return to the love that you are. If you could see me before versus now, I used to be phobic about getting on airplanes. I can now fly in a turbulent flight and feel completely at peace. I can be kind to the person next to me, whereas before I would have been just, you know, in my own little world. What I offer is the system that is based on the spiritual pathway of A Course in Miracles that has helped me heal. And I truly believe in the feedback that I've gotten about the book is that it's helping a lot of other people as well. Well, Corinne, thank you so much for bringing it out, bringing it to the world. Um, unfortunately, it's hard to believe, but we are, all, are already out of time. And thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. It's been a pleasure. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com.
think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today.